What's good, guys? I know it's been a while. Welcome to February. I'm so sorry for my absence, but this pandemic has truly not allowed me to be creative. It has not allowed me to tap into the things that I truly love because life, you know, I started a new job and I'm in a pandemic still being a mommy and a wife while also being a school teacher and working a new position. So I said, it's finally time to come back. It's finally time. So I do apologize for all my listeners out there. This is not typically how I start my podcast, but I owe it to you guys because I'm truly thankful for anyone that listens, whether it's one listener, two, five, it truly doesn't matter. I'm truly thankful for authentic listeners. So again, my apologies, but I'm back. So let's get into this, y'all. Today, we're going to be discussing the infamous Cecil Hotel. Now, this hotel is in Los Angeles, and it is known for being haunted. So Hotel is located in Los Angeles. It is centered around the busy streets of downtown. Now, the name may be very different now, but this hotel has brought a lot of crazy things, pretty much. It is known for being an infamous building of horror lore because there's so much that has happened in this. And it's funny because I didn't know anything about the Cecil Hotel until my husband told me about it. And then, you know, Netflix is bringing a series. Netflix has truly been on its game, y'all. Like, they are bringing out all these series. Let me know. Well, you can't let me know. Unless you follow me on YouTube or my Facebook page, let me know if you guys watch the Night Stalker. Maybe we'll tap into that case, too, because why? The Night Stalker actually stayed at this hotel, y'all. Isn't that crazy and bizarre? So... Let's get into the backstory of the Cecil Hotel. The doors opened in 1927, and ever since it opened its doors, there were a lot of mysterious circumstances that happened, and it started to develop this reputation as one who where murders, suicides, and just unexplained paranormal events had taken place in the hotel, and a lot of serial killers actually called this place home. How crazy. So the hotel was opened in 1924 by William Banks Hanner. It was supposed to be a destination hotel for a lot of international businessmen and social elites. Now, he spent over a million dollars on a 700-room Buell art-style hotel, which had complete marble lobbying. It had stainless glass windows, palm trees, and it had a beautiful staircase when you would go in it. But sadly, when he opened up this hotel, it was about two years of opening, the world went into a great depression. And Los Angeles was not immune to the economic collapse. And I can only imagine back in the 1920s how it was. And if you guys ever been in Los Angeles, or if you watch 
um, soft underbelly on YouTube. He does a lot of videos in Skid Row where it accommodates a lot of homeless people. And if you ever watched his YouTube, you see how he brings in those individuals from this area. Well, this is where, you know, this hotel was surrounded by Skid Row. If you ever seen or heard people talk about Los Angeles Skid Row. Now, this beautiful hotel was soon gained a reputation as a meeting place for a lot of junkies, runaways, and criminals. Hence, again, it was in that surrounding area of Skid Row. But it ultimately got its worst name of, well, reputation for being for violence and death. So in the 1930s, the Cecil Hotel began to have certain suicides and homicides happening. A few residents were poisoned while others shot themselves so their throats or even jumped out their bedroom windows. Now, in the 1934, there was an Army Sergeant, Louis D. Borden. He slashed his throat with a razor. Y'all, less than four years later, Roy Thomas of the Marine Corps jumped from the top of the Cecil Hotel and was found on the skylight of the neighboring building. Like, it makes you think, well, because these individuals were in, like, the Army, the Marines, were they going through, like, postpartum, you know, PTSD, not postpartum, but you know what I mean. Like, were they going through these different things? And it doesn't stop there. So, in September of 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell was awoke in the middle of the night with stomach pains while she was staying at the Cecil with Ben Levine. She went to the bathroom, but but as it was, you know, she didn't want to disturb him from sleeping. To her complete shock, she gave birth to a baby boy. She had no idea she was even pregnant, y'all. Like, can you imagine? Like, you see these stories on, like, um, oh my gosh, does it come on TLC? It's a show where it's like people didn't know they were pregnant. Oh my goodness, like crazy. So she mistakenly thinks that the newborn baby is dead. So she ends up, y'all, she throws this baby off the window onto the roof of the neighboring next door building. And she went to trial, of course. So she was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity. And she was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment. Y'all, it's like the things just get crazier and crazier. Want to know why? Because in 1962, 65 year old George Gianni was walking by the Cecil with his hands in his pockets when he was struck to death by a falling woman. Pauline, who was 27, jumped from the ninth floor window after an argument with her estranged husband. Y'all, her fall killed not only herself, but Gianni. Like, it makes you wonder what in hell is going on in this hotel. So this begins to, you know, spark, you know, the, the theories like this hotel is just known for killing people. Now, the police initially thought that the two had committed suicide together, but that was not the case because Gianni was still wearing his shoes. And if he had jumped, his shoes would have fallen off, you know, mid-flight. In the light of the suicides, and different mishaps and murders. Oh, but it gets good. You want to know why? Because the hotel was also a serial killer's paradise. So you all know about Richard 
Ramaz, also known as the Night Stalker. So in the mid-1980s, he murdered 13 people and better known as the Night Stalker, right? He lived in a room on the top floor of the hotel during most of his horrific killing spree. After killing someone, he would throw his bloody clothes into the Cecil's dumpster and saunter into the hotel lobby. Yo, he would literally go naked or only wear his underwear, none of which would have raised an eyebrow. Because since the Cecil in the 1980s was a totally like chaotic type of hotel, no one nearly batted an eye. And then you could stay there at the Cecil for like $14 per night back then. And let's not forget, you know, a lot of junkies reported often found in alleys near the hotel. So, you know, sometimes people didn't really care to, like, say anything because they didn't, they just didn't care. You know, it's sad to say, but they really didn't care. And when you're living in that type of environment, you can kind of get away with a little bit of things, especially when you're living near Skid Row. And then in 1991, an Australian serial killer by the name of Jack Unterweger, he would strangle prostitutes with their own bra. And he also called the Cecil Hotel his home at one point. Rumors even had it that he chose the hotel because of its connection to Richard Mraz, probably pronouncing his name incorrectly, but also known as the Night Stalker. You know what I mean, right? (laughs) But because the area of Cecil was around, you know, it was around prostitutes. This was an easy target, to say the least, because, you know, this is where you can find your victims, which is truly sad, because a lot of these people that come down in that area of Skid Row, you know, a lot of them are trying to escape from different things that they have overcame in their personal lives. And that's why I say you guys should definitely go check out soft underbelly um youtube channel because like when you hear the stories of those individuals that live down there in skid row it makes you truly you know empathize to everything that they're going through and just kind of hearing their story to say the least you know what i mean but there also was a lot of cold cases at the cecil hotel now this this hotel is very known for its violence in and around, you know, the hotel. And a lot of them are known to serial killers and some murders who have also remained unsolved. You know, a lot of people would pick this place due to the local women around it. And there was also a girl by the name of Goldie. She was found dead in the ransack room at the Cecil. She had been raped before suffering a fatal stabbing and beating. And though there was one suspect that was found walking with bloodstained clothing nearby, he was later cleared. And that's just one bizarre instance. So now you have another girl by the name of Elizabeth Short. She became known as the Black Delilah after her 1947 murder in Los Angeles. She reportedly stayed at the hotel just before she was mutated which still remains unsolved, you know, and it's a, what connection to her death may have had to the Cecil is not truly known, but what is known is that she was found on the street not far away on the morning of January 15th with her mouth carved ear to ear and her body cut into two. Like who the fuck would do something like that to people, you know, and there's so many stories of just violence that are simply 
you know, a thing of the past because decades come, the cases still resolve, you know, still are unresolved. Now, this is the case that I'm going to talk about next that truly made me tap into the Cecil. So decades after Elizabeth's mysterious death was to take place, you know, there was another crazy thing that happened in 2013. So a Canadian college student by the name of Elisa Lamb was found dead inside the water tank on the top roof of the hotel just three weeks after he, she had gone missing. Her body was naked after guests in the hotel complained of a bad water pressure and a funny taste to the water. Y'all, this girl was in the water tank and the people in the hotel was drinking the water. I would have sued the shit out of that hotel. And authorities did rule her death an accidental drowning, but a lot of other people basically say otherwise. And it's crazy because if you guys, I'm going to also do a video on YouTube. If you guys seen the YouTube video of the surveillance footage of Elisa in the elevator, you see that she's acting very strange in this elevator. At times, it appears that she's yelling at someone out of the view. And it also, you see her, it looks like she's attempting to hide from someone as well. And she's like pressing multiple elevator buttons and just waving her arms in like a crazy type of way. And when I seen the video, I was like, oh my gosh, like what the hell? So when this video did surface publicly, many people began to believe that the rumors of this hotel just in fact may be true. You know, a lot of people were drawn to this hotel after this case because, again, you have to think about the time frames that we're in from the 1920s all the way to the 2000s. You know, it's like technology has evolved and a lot of people get on YouTube and they search for stuff and then it just becomes like this thing. Like once it spreads, everyone's is, everyone is on it. Cause my husband was telling me like, yeah, you don't remember? Like a lot of people were sharing her video and I truly just don't remember it. But again, that's just goes to tell you how people are hooked onto different things, right? So a lot of people then began to draw the similarities between the black Delilah murder and then her murder. And they started pointing out that both women were in their 20s. They traveled alone to L.A. to San Diego and they were last seen at the Cecil Hotel. And they were missing for several days before, you know, their body was, in fact, found. But it's kind of like, I guess, like their connections into the case are very different, too. But... Y'all, I just was like, this this hotel is like crazy. And I was watching these people on YouTube who um, who went to the actual Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel is now named something else. And they went and they just, you know, they retraced um, Elisa's steps when she was in the hotel. Kind of like, I guess, figuring out what, in fact, she was doing on that fateful night. And if you guys watch American Horror Story, if you guys watch the hotel one, this was actually brought upon the Cecil Hotel. And if you guys realize like how a lot of different souls, you know, do stay inside the hotel. And 
I would never go in that hotel. I'm sorry. I just don't do that. I don't do the paranormal shit. I can do a whole lot of horror, but I'm not doing no paranormal. (laughs) But it did, you know, get revamped and it was gutted out into new renovations and everything. But child, you could not pay me to stay in that hotel. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. You just, you just couldn't pay me to stay in that thing like I don't know so the last body was found in the hotel in 2015 a man who reportedly committed suicide and there was different ghost stories and rumors of the hotel's haunting that swirled around because as you guys know like I said previously this was an inspired series for the American Horror Story about the hotel that basically had unimaginable murder and mayhem in this hotel. Um, I I think it's kind of hard to to go back and you know make a better name for something after a hotel has such a bad reputation. You know, you're trying to change the name on it, but I'm sorry, you could not pay me to stay at that hotel. No, ma'am. Mm-mm, I'm good. But again, it is a different name. I believe it's Stay on Main, something like that. But nonetheless, you couldn't pay me to stay here. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I have not seen any other stories that has come out after 2015. There could be, could not. But again, I'm really excited to see the Netflix special. Can't wait to um, tap into that. So, Let me know if you do watch it. If you're on my other social media platforms, let me know what you think. Um, But as always, stay safe, guys, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.